Hello and welcome back to the Runderful Podcast. And on this show, we talk about running, life, and all things Runderful. On today's episode, I am talking with Alex Kudalenko. Alex is a runner with the Black Toe Race Team, and he is one of the speediest, strongest runners that I know. And more recently, he has been known as the Toronto Man, who ran the entire TTC line, that's the Toronto Subway line, in one go. That's just under 100 kilometers. We talk about it all in this episode. What persuaded him to do this, how he came up with the idea, and how he persevered to finish. We also talk about his tips on how you can become faster. We talk about ultra running and if that's in the cards for him. And we also go over his start in running, how he became a runner and why he comes back to it time and time again. So relax, listen in, and if you happen to be on a run right now, you got this, keep it up, and enjoy my conversation with Alex Kudalenko. Hello and welcome back to the Runderful Podcast. My guest today is Alex Kudalenko. You may recognize Alex's name from the top of many race results in the Toronto area, and he is one of the strongest and speediest runners that I know. But recently, his name became known for something a bit different. As seen in various running publications, Alex is now the Toronto man who ran the entire length of the TTC line, the Toronto subway that spans the entire city, a feat of just under 100 kilometers. Why did he do it? And how close was he to jumping onto one of the streetcars? We're going to get into all of that. Alex, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Nice. That was awesome. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that you pronounced my name perfectly. So <laughs> kudos. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was Kud- that was pretty spot on. A lot of was it? Good. problems with my last name. Yeah, Kudalenko, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah? Good, good, good. <laughs> so buddy, I wanted to get off on a on a on an easy start for you, and I ask all my guests this. If you yeah. went through a wonderful day, the perfect day, wake up to bedtime, what would it consist of for you? Oh man. Um, I have found that I love running in the mornings a lot and, uh, it's not often possible for me cause I, I also don't like to wake up very early, Right. but once, when that does happen and, um, it just kicks off my day the best way I can possibly imagine it. So yeah, just an early morning run followed by a, a nice hearty breakfast and then just getting my day going that way. It's always like the, the way to go. Uh, nice. And if not that, and like I usually like to sleep in, if not that, then a midday run, for and sure. yeah, followed by like work in between. For sure. What is your go-to post-run breakfast? Ooh, uh, I I was spoiled uh, last year. Last year I had the pleasure of and the privilege of working remote. So we, my wife and I, traveled to Colorado and we uh, booked an Airbnb with these two lovely ladies, and they just spoiled us every single breakfast was like a new variety of some sort like lots of fruits lots of like protein like uh like hash browns and eggs and sausages and uh so yeah just like a variety i don't like to just keep it one thing and just always stick to that um but yeah just like plenty of everything yeah yeah that sounds good that's i think i'm the same way i tried for a bit doing the whole meal prep thing yeah. And, uh, and it was like the same thing day, 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 day. And, uh, and I got either tired of it or I kind of just dropped it off and then I couldn't <laughs> keep up with it. So I think a little variety is, 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 is a little bit of a spice to life there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to ask you as well about kind of like your running story. Cause mm-hmm. I kind of did a little peeking on Instagram and it looks like you've been into fitness in general for a very, right. very long time. Um, but I wanted to know if that had always kind of been a part of your life, fitness and, and, and working out in general, and then how did running kind of fit into the equation? Yeah. So I would say I was fairly active throughout my whole life. I grew up playing soccer as early as I can remember, like three years old, kicking a soccer ball around with my grandma and, um, played soccer. My parents signed me up to like various teams and, uh, also took a lot of tennis classes growing up. Uh, throughout school as well, like I was always part of the soccer and tennis team. So I, I guess I was always active and they say you run 10 kilometers every single soccer game. So I think that definitely helped with the endurance aspect of it, but I never really touched running. Um, 
actually one of the, like the regrets I have, like, I wish I did track or I wish I did cross country because now I watch some of the uh, American like track races and cross country races with such amusement. Like I, I love watching that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I never um, focused much on running and throughout university. Like I also played soccer. I played on like one of the teams there and after graduating, got a job and it was demanding and I didn't really have much time to do anything. And I, I guess gained a little bit of weight and I was just like not really happy with how everything was going. Um, and yeah, I just decided to like do something crazy and ended up signing up to a half Ironman. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So like right off the bat, like I'm, I'm like zero to a hundred kind of guy right, right. and, uh, and trained my ass off. Like I, I, I'm terrible at swimming and, um, was a decent runner and never had a road bike either. So I had to like learn two sports and went through the motion of go doing all of that just to catch food poisoning two days before my race. Ooh. And yeah, I, I specifically remember like being in the hospital because I thought maybe there's something the doctors could do. And they put me on um, like an IV and uh, like ran fluids through my body. And one of the docs came in and he's like, Hey, like, what do you have going on for the weekend? Like, what are your plans? And I'm like, I was planning to run this, do this triathlon. <laughs> and he just laughed at me. He's like, like straight up. Yeah. You're not doing that. And I was oh. there like tearing off of, ugh. Anyway, so it was a sad moment. So I, I didn't end up doing that. But what that taught me was that I really want to be good at what I do. Mm -hmm. And doing the triathlon, doing three sports all at once was very demanding. And I couldn't do that. So I was just like, okay, let me just pick one and be really solid at that. And I picked the best one that I was at. And right. yeah, I guess that was in 2016, 2017. And I've just been running since. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and post to that, uh, did you ever think of going back to the, the half Ironman Ironman, uh, challenge? Eventually, I think I will definitely do that eventually. And there's a couple of guys on our team that are mm -hmm. like triathletes and they do that stuff. Yeah. So it certainly interests me. I just have to get over the barrier of how to swim faster than a turtle. <laughs> right. or I don't know what other animals are really <laughs> slow, but yeah. Um, Eventually, I think once I, my knees give out entirely and I have to switch more to like the bike right. or less intensive sports, then I'll probably do that. Right, right. Yeah, the Ironman has always fascinated me because I think around when I first started running, I was, I was just a runner. Um, when I was a kid, I kind of competed. And when I say compete, I mean like very locally and like very swim team grade six kind of thing. And I just, I loved swimming. It was just something that my family had always done. Um, but the amount of aerobic endurance that your body requires for swimming, it just kind of, it, it didn't stay with me. Mm. And, and to kind of rebuild that I jumped in the pool when I was injured a few months back, maybe a year ago now. And, uh, and I was heaving and gasping <laughs> for air after like, I felt like 20 meters, maybe, <laughs> maybe like one length of the pool. And it just, and at the time I could still probably run, I don't know, 5k, 10k, whatever, but the swimming part of it was just so tough for me to, to relearn and to retrain my lungs. Yeah. To do. yeah. Yeah. A lot of training goes into it. Like it's a lot of technique. Like for example, Absolutely. like no, you can just put on a shoe, put on a pair of shoes and start running. You don't need like a coach or someone to like get you started. But for swimming, like everyone goes through like some sort of swimming classes. Like if you've never swam uh, anything before, like it's hard for you to just jump into the water and be like yeah. good at it. So yeah, a lot of technique comes with it, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. After you, um, you kind of had that bout of food poisoning and then decided to focus on running. Did you kind of jump back into, um, long races immediately, like a zero to 100 kind of thing again, or did you kind of build up to that? Um, yeah, good question. I sort of picked out that I wanted to uh, take a stab at a marathon. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, been largely influenced by maybe the like Toronto running community. I think sure. we like a lot of the clubs, a lot of the clubs in Toronto cater to that distance specifically. And I think a lot of marketing goes into it as well, like yeah. with Boston marathons and other majors. So I, I think that's the distance that's hold held at such a high pedestal. And sure. I was swayed into that as well. So I, I did sign up for like the, very first sort of race I remember was the Toronto Marathon 
um, in 2017. It was the one like running down Young Street from yep. like, Shepherd or whatever. Um, I, I probably have, I probably did do a few like 10Ks or, or one 10K and one 15K before doing that just as a prep. Yep. But m- my goal was always to do that Toronto Marathon. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a funny topic. Like I, I actually want to talk about to you about that as well. It's, I, I feel like a lot of people focus on the marathon distance and don't give enough attention to like the shorter stuff, like 5Ks, 10Ks, halves, even, even shorter, actually, like 3Ks or like a 1500. And I, I'm not sure why that is, because you can still put a lot of efforts and training into those distances and treat it like this big thing. But I guess maybe those distances don't have as much appeal as maybe the majors do. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, that's actually a really good point. I've talked to, I've talked to a few runners already and their kind of love affair of the marathon has, it started quite early, but it, it's something that really didn't leave them. And mm. then when they decided to need like a break from the marathon, they decided to focus on something a little bit shorter, or that would be the plan going forward for a little bit. And, um, the difference one in terms of their, um, the speed that they kind of kept training for a 10 K five K they said that was a huge difference going forward afterwards. And the, just the, the effort or the, the, I don't know, the, the, the focus that different distances required when the marathon is the one that, yeah, you're right. A lot of people do focus on. They said it was Mm. a completely different ball game to go like, zero to 100 for a 5k i, I right. spoke to a very accomplished marathoner and she said she would rather do a marathon than a 5k she right. was like nope yeah that's not for me yeah well i it's it's interesting to me to to hear that because um i think a lot of runners don't necessarily know like what they're the best at i think maybe sure. they pigeonhole themselves into one event and not try like genuinely give enough effort to one distance and I like, I don't know if you've ever read, uh, read the book, uh, by Jack Daniels, like the Jack Daniels running formula, but he talks a lot about like the different physiological aspects of what, what makes like a successful runner. And one of those being like having fast twitch muscles versus slow twitch muscles. And like, that's like a physiological, um, point that differs, you know, me from you sure. and maybe you have a lot more, uh, like muscle fibers that are slow twitch and it's better for you to do endurance sports like the marathon versus me. I might have fast twitch muscles that excelled me at the three K or five K distances, but I'm never going to figure that out if I only do the marathons. So like you can, you can very well draft a 12 week program, just focusing on the 10 K and the five K. And I don't think a lot of runner or not that many runners do that. Um, Yeah. 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 And I think too, the, um, the way you said it, right. The way, the way you said it was right, putting the marathon kind of on that pedestal. Right. And that was kind of like the, the kind of ultimate goal for a lot of runners. Mm-hmm. I remember I was at, it might've been the, 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 the good life Toronto marathon expo once. And, uh, I was running the half and I ran into, um, Canadian Olympian, uh, Lanny Marchand uh-huh. and she was there. And I was, I said to her, um, oh, you know, it's, it's so great to have you here as motivation. And she was like, oh yeah, for sure. What are you running? And I said, oh, you know, just the half. And she kind of stopped me and she goes, no, no, not just the half. Never downplay it like that. Right. And I was like, okay, yes, Lanny, got it. Because <laughs> it was such a, it was a, it was coming from an accomplished marathoner. And, uh, but she, she was, the way she said it was so matter of fact, like, nope, mm-hmm. that's a tough thing you're doing. Own it and acknowledge it. Well, and, uh, my, fa- my family the same way. Like my family is not, are not runners by any means, but when I tell them that, Oh, I'm uh, training for a half marathon. They're like, Oh, just a half. Like you've done, right. you've done 96 kilometers. Like right. what's, what's a marathon? I'm like, eh, well you can run a marathon slowly or like very, like, like try to sprint it. Like there's different ways of treating a race. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, that's really good insight on training and, and just kind of varying the distances that you go for. Um, when you, um, afterwards, when you, um, started to focus a little bit more in terms of your training, did you find that you were more of a solo runner or did you gravitate towards the clubs pretty quickly? Um, I say, uh, I I did have a running club before Blacktail. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I used to train with them for maybe a season before I, I went to Boston in 2018. And that was fun. But during that time, I was traveling a lot for work and I couldn't really meet like team practices. So it forced me to train a lot on my own, which I don't mind. Sure. And maybe closer to the uh, end of 2021, I joined Black Toe. Uh, because I wanted to mix things up again. So I, there was a, there was a long period of time when I trained just by myself. And I think there's a lot of benefits to that. I think it uh, builds up your mental stamina quite yeah. a lot more than maybe putting yourself in a team environment. And I sort of tell the guys this all the time. Like we still have uh, a Wednesday team session, like every Wednesday where yeah. we do our like training. But then coach also supplies us a training for a Friday. And what I like to do is do the team training on Wednesday and have a solid session with the group, but then do the Friday sessions by myself, just so that like once it starts being really hard on a training run or a tempo or whatever I'm doing, like I don't have to rely on someone else to be there and to push me. I have to like really dig in deep, deep into myself and like push myself to do that. Yeah. Um, so I guess to answer your question, whether I'm one or the other, I I'd say I like both. Yeah. I, I like both, and I think like having solid mental strength, especially in those times when the race gets yeah. really difficult and you're trying to find every single excuse in the book to like stop you. That's when you have to think of, Oh, that one run that I did, that was like straight into the wind, but I was still able to hold like four minute per kilometer pace. And there was, you know, hills and everything, but somehow I still managed. So like, this is no different than that. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. There's, there's a, a lot of runners who will say um, uh, that it, it pays to have a varied um, approach to training. And uh, one might work for one person, another might work for another person. But when you find something that works for you, and then you can also vary it once in a while, it, it probably it probably is very beneficial just because race day comes and you never really know what you're going to get. So to yeah. have experiences in multiple different environments, it's probably really beneficial. You're right. Yeah, I, I've heard of uh, people mentioning that w once you run in a pack, the efforts that you perceive is reduced. I, I, I don't know the exact percentages, but let's say it's reduced by 20%. So it's it's not the same anymore. And that's why they always tell you to stick with a pack and like to try to go that pace because you, you're going to feel like it's much easier, much easier effort. And, I, and that's really why there's like team training, like guys push you, guys or girls push you to be a better version of yourself. And, um, it feels like you can actually accomplish that, but in, in a race, especially if you're, there's not that many people around your own pace group. Like for example, like I run at such a high level where there's not that many guys around me. Yeah. And sometimes it's very difficult to, for example, latch onto somebody else. So most of the time I have to run my own pace, Yeah. but also it's, I think it's also good to run your own pace because like you, you need to feel what the pace is. Like you need to feel within yourself because if you're running outside of that, especially earlier in the race, you can pay it, pay for it later on. Like if you rush out the first 5k in a marathon, like you're, you're going to yeah. bonk pretty hard. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That I actually wanted to ask you about that because I always wondered about Alex runs at an, like a very, very elite level, everyone. So I wanted to ask him because there's, I, you know, you see, people who train at, at the speed that you do. And I always wondered, is it difficult for you to find people to run with? Because at the paces that you might need to keep for like a tempo or even race pace, mm -hmm. is it almost like, Oh, I can only find maybe like one person, but they might have like a, their tempo pace might be like your race pace. So then right. you can kind of link up. Is that yeah. kind of a strategy that's used often? Um, I, I would say so. So there's, there's maybe uh, one or two other guys in our group now that are trying to do the same, like to stick with us. And right. I think it's actually a common way of training for the Kenyans as well. Like there's always a leader in the pack. And I think what's oftentimes recommended for the others that are not quite at that level is to try and stick with the, like one pace group above you for as long as you can. Right. And let's say you're doing 800 meter reps and let's say you can run those 800 meter reps in like three minutes. But there is another pace group that can that is running them in 250. 
Right. Well, try to stick with that 250 group for maybe the first four reps and you succeed. And then eventually you'll fall back right. to like your own three minute per kilometer pace or maybe a little bit slower. But I think it's, it's important to try to push yourself in training. And like to your question of like what makes a runner get better and get faster, mm-hmm. I think it's taking like training like really seriously or sure. if, if, if that's your thing. Right. Like, cause everybody has their own priorities. Like maybe your priority is not to get faster. Maybe it's, you know, to have fun and have social occasions with, with running buddies and things like that. But if you actually care about like getting really fast, I think like it starts with taking training really seriously. And, you know, when you have those Wednesday sessions, you know, to really give it your all, like hard days, hard, easy days, easy. And like, when it's those hard days, like you're going, like you're about to pass out. Kind of thing. Right. 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 <laughs> and right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. 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 There are some good tips there. Well, we'll get into even more tips if you have them too. I'm sure yeah, everyone right. would benefit. Yeah. So speaking of hard things though, <laughs> if we could go back to this amazing TTC challenge that you came right. up with. So Alex ran the TTC line. If, if there's by chance anyone listening to this who's outside of Canada and Actually, I do know that there are, a, are there are some people who listen outside of Canada. I can see it on my little statistics on on my on my podcast thing, which is kind of cool. Um, but anyone who's listening, the Toronto subway line is kind of like this mess of a map that goes across the entire city. And Toronto's a big city, and it even goes as far north as where I live, which is north of Toronto, and then all the way east, and all the way west, and all the way south. Alex decided to run all of it in one go. So I wanted to get into it with him because he's gained some, um, I guess, notoriety or some, uh, I guess, a little bit of fame because he's done this. And I wanted to ask him how he first came up with the idea to run the TTC, which is something that not a lot of people even take the train that far. Right. But you decided to run it. So I was wondering where the idea came from and how you came up with it. Yeah, um, it was it was a fun challenge that I sort of presented for myself. I wanted to challenge myself in a way that um, pushed my own boundaries. And I, I I honestly did not know if I could actually achieve this goal. And I think that's very powerful because I think oftentimes we set challenges for ourselves that, you know, in the back of our minds, we truly think that we can actually accomplish, right? Like it's, you know, set, set small goals, achieve them, and then just build off of that. And that's great. That obviously works. But, you know, once in a while, it's also fun to throw a wrench in the whole program and and really try to surprise yourself with something that you can realistically fail at. And if you're familiar with the Barkley marathons, that's exactly what, you know, that race director does. He, he pushes the absolute boundaries of what is humanly possible. Yeah. And for me, at that point, I was like, well, I want to see what I can do. And where my limit is at that moment. I've never run such a distance before. And um, I guess the idea really stemmed from Canada Running Series event, um, which they also have like the TTC challenge. Yet yeah. it's it's a little bit different than what I did. Their challenge is uh, you just have to run the distance of the line. And they measure the line to be only 76 kilometers. And you have to just run those 76 kilometers over the entire month of January. So you can right. just run, you know, whatever, five kilometers a day. and. Yep completed eventually. So I didn't really think that was a hard challenge for like most runners, like most runners, 76 kilometers in a month is not, is no big deal. And, um, once I mapped out the entire route connected, like both lines, because like, once you finish the yellow line going like up and down and then the shepherd line going out East, you actually have to like run additional distance to then get on the blue Kennedy, like the Kennedy line. And then the, the green, the blue and Danforth line. So I was, I had to run like extra distances just to connect those. Uh, but once I mapped everything out, it was about a hundred kilometers. And I was like, wow, like I've never done that much, that, that amount of distance. And I honestly don't know if I can do this. And that was really exciting for me. Um, and then I told one of my buddies, I'm like, Hey, you want to do this? Like, right. you know, next week. <laughs> and he's like, absolutely not, <laughs> but I'll pace you for some parts of it. So I'm like, okay. So I got a couple of friends with me and they paced me for like majority of it. Actually. I, I had people to run with for maybe 80% of it, which was a lot of fun. That's, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Did you find, um, even just planning it out, there were some obstacles there. I mean, cause Toronto is notorious for 
construction here or there, you know, there's, there's areas where it might even be unrunnable. Um, did you find that that kind of threw a wrench into some of your planning? Um, not really. I, I think majority of the, the roads we were going on were um, not really barricaded by anything. So for, for most part, it was fine. Uh, I guess the worst thing is just intersections, but I've gotten pretty good at just jaywalking when I can. Right, right, right. <laughs> so right. Uh, that hasn't been, that wasn't a problem. Uh, we also did it in the, on the weekend. So I guess mm, no rush hours or no people trying to like, speed their way to work or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. So overall, it was actually executed fairly well, much better than I initially thought it was going to be. Right, right. Yeah. I was going to say, if you had a, if there was like a, 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 an, un, an unforeseen construction area or something, you turn it into like another obstacle kind of course, and you're just like <laughs> climbing up the, the tractor. Oh, I'm good. I'm going around the loader and everything. <laughs> well, I, I did look at most of the stops on, on like Google's like street view to oh, smart. make sure that uh, the route that I'm planning like passes by all the like the entries to the subway stations. And yeah, most of them didn't seem like uh, I'd have an issue getting by. Sure. So overall, sure. it was fine. Sure. What was the what was the maximum distance you've done in one go before you attempted this almost hundred k? Yeah. So last year, I was uh, also fortunate enough to go to Arizona, and I did the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim challenge. Yep. And yep. for anyone that doesn't know, that's like you're basically going from the from one side of the canyon to the other and then back. And the reason why it's such a challenging run is because uh, the Grand Canyon is basically like doing a reverse mountain trail run. Right. Because like in a mountain race, you're going up in elevation first and then coming back down. In a Grand Canyon, you're actually like going down to Colorado River and then having to climb back up. Right. And a lot of people struggle with doing any type of Grand Canyon running because going down right. is optional and you know, <laughs> right. like, but coming back up is not like you right. have to come back up. And most of the time you don't have enough energy to go back up uh, anyways. And yeah, this, uh, this adventure, which took me actually longer than the TTC challenge did. It took me 11 hours, but it was only 75 kilometers. Right. Um, and it was on trails, which is actually a really big distinction from the TTC challenge because it was all on pavement. And it really beats you up. Like it really beats up all yeah. your joints. After I did the Grand Canyon 76 kilometer or 75 kilometers, I was ready to go. And I was back out running two days later. After the TTC challenge, I, I needed a solid week. I was limping for the first three days post. Sure. And sure. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's something. <laughs> wow. I'm trying to wrap my head around going down the Grand Canyon and then back up. Yeah. It's, it's not something that like many people think when they go on to that adventure because yeah yeah going climbing back out of the canyon is the real issue and <laughs> and it's um what is it like 1600 meters from the river to the rim to the top of the rim and wow. if you're doing the rim to rim to rim challenge then you're doing that twice right yeah so it's it's at least 3000 meters if not more like, i think my strava activity showed like 4000 meters of wow. gain Wow. Okay. So, yeah. so ultra running, I have to like kind of do a t detour, sorry, off the TTC for just a second. Then has ultra running kind of, maybe I shouldn't say ultra running, let's say trail ultra running slash, has that always kind of been in your wheelhouse, something you've been interested in? Um, I've definitely explored it a little bit. I, I did do 150K race in 2019 in Canmore and that was just so picturesque and beautiful and uh, one thing i really like about trailering is that it is much easier on your joints and body in general and most of the time it's much more beautiful than running on roads yeah so <laughs> i honestly love it i i wish toronto was like had more accessible trail trails and like more like beautiful scenery to run yeah yeah um but yeah i, I don't know like i so far i'm still i'm finding a lot of like motivation to keep at the road stuff, like yep. improve my 5k time, improve my half time. Yeah. But eventually like once my knees give out, I think right. I will switch over to something that's less impactful. Yeah. Well, I think you got a good base already, so <laughs> they yeah. can make the transition pretty well. <laughs> okay. So back to the TTC. Okay. So you got the routes planned out. You've Google street viewed and everything. 
tell us a little story about the day. Like, yeah. when did you start? What did you pre-fuel with? I, I'm always curious to see what people eat before they embark <laughs> on something like this. Um, and, and then tell us about the, the run itself. Yeah, so uh, fueling is a big question mark for me because I've, I've always had issues fueling during a marathon. I've ran seven marathons in my life and six of them, I've had really horrible side stitches mm. that forced me to walk. And my, my latest marathon was the Berlin Marathon of last year where I almost PB'd, like I was within 50 seconds of PBing, but in that marathon, I had to stop and walk 10 times. So it's just, it's just the problem that I still haven't figured out. So that was a big question mark for me going into this, like, how am I going to properly fuel and uh, what's not going to upset my stomach and all of that. Um, I have a hypothesis that the reason why I keep getting like side stitches and poor reactions is mostly because when I do take on nutrition, my heart rate is at such an elevated level that it's taking a lot of blood away from like operating my gut and more towards like operating my legs and everything else that I need. Um, but when I was running the 96 kilometers for the PTC challenge, my heart rate was like within manageable uh, reasons, like uh, 130 yeah. and below. So I, I, I was very fortunate. Like I didn't have a single reaction to any of the foods that I ate. And I had a very wide variety. Like my friends mm -hmm. were making fun of me what I, for what I had. Like I had, a lot of wraps, like an egg salad wrap, like a chicken Caesar wrap. Like I had olives. I had a bunch of different bars. Um, yeah, just like a lot of different like sweet and salty foods. Because right. that's one of the things I realized through my Grand Canyon expedition is that your body is going to crave a multitude of things. And right. you never know until you get there. Like one one thing you're going to like want pizza or something. And right. the next you're going to want like some like sugary snacks. So I just brought a whole slew of things. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I'm very type A when it comes to like organizing and planning. Sure. So I, I knew that there were people that were going to meet me on the route. Uh, like I said, there was a, a few friends that joined me. Um, got to give shout outs to them cause they're amazing. Like I, I started the run with Kyle Sharp, uh, from Vaughn Metropolitan Center. And then later on we met with Kathleen Lawrence, who's one of my training buddies at Black Toe. Yeah. And then closer to the very end, I met up with Brian Futre who, took me home for the last like 35 kilometers and yeah, absolute stud. All amazing um, people. Yeah. But yeah, we started pretty early. I think it was about seven 30, like on the dot, um, met Kyle shop. I'm like, all right, it's seven 30. We got to go. Right. Cause uh, I knew Kathleen was waiting for us or will be waiting for us. And, um, yeah, we just hit up every station going from Vaughn, uh, all the way down, uh, to union. And, um, I also had my wife, like come out to a couple stops to like replenish my waters and electrolytes if I need to. Cause I, I did have a backpack on with me with like a two liter bladder. Um, so yeah, everything was like very precise. Like I needed to tell these people like when I'm going to be there at what time, yep. um, which also made it very tricky cause I didn't really know what pace to run sure. the full thing and I didn't want to blow up. Um, but yeah, I kept things conservative. I think we were running roughly like five, 10 per kilometer. And then with all the stops, it averaged out to be about 5.30, like a, in total. Yep. But yeah, everything went so much smoother than I imagined it to be. I didn't have any issues with the shoes. I didn't have any issues with the socks or chafing anywhere. No issues with the food. Um, yeah, like no problems. Like That's absolutely amazing. no problems, which I, I was not expecting. I was expecting something to go like, right, wrong, right, right. <laughs> as you right. always do. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that you know what, though, I think that speaks to I mean, that's amazing. And, and I'm sure we could throw some luck in there. But I think that speaks as well to your planning as well. I think yeah. you probably planned it very, very well. And uh, you say you're type A, I, my wife and I are the exact same when we're preparing <laughs> for a race. And we are like down to the down to the stitch of a like a sock or whatever we need to prepare. And then a spare sock on top of that just in case, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So and and like we've brought we we started to bring um uh like a little toaster we got off amazon anytime we go to like a um a, a runcation or anywhere like when we went to chicago we packed away this amazon toaster in the thing our own bagels our own peanut butter because we weren't sure what would it, what it would be like in the states um because we've had like i we ran our first marathon in san francisco and the peanut butter we found in the United States was not the same that we have here in Canada. Mm. Right. So it, and it, it played 
havoc on my gut. So I was yeah. like, nope, don't want to repeat that. So we bring <laughs> everything we can. Dude, and, I'm, yeah, the, so we're I'm the, same. the same way. Like two years ago when I ran Chicago, I, I cooked my own pasta and I brought yep. it with me like in a little container yeah. on the plane yeah. for the next day. <laughs> right. Same, same exact same way. Right. Yeah, we did a restaurant this time in Chicago, and I was like crossing my fingers the whole time with with each bite. I'm like, I hope this is okay. I hope this is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and and even like, okay, the food poisoning, half Iron Man. Did you eat something? Oh, that was that, that was wasn't? my own bad. That, oh, that was, was it? Was, yeah, that's a funny story. I don't think I've ever like actually shared it with too many people, and my my family still thinks it's for a different reason than what it actually is. Oh no! So the so the fun story is that when I was training, I was trying to. Uh, like obviously do like three sports all at once right? and like have back-to-back like activities of like maybe a bike and then a run or like a swim and then a run. And um, most of my outdoor swims happen at Cherry Beach. Okay. And then there was uh, maybe like a day or so before I got food poisoned, I went out on a bike, like a fairly long bike. And then I came back and I, I, I wanted to go on like a fairly long run. But I was not really comfortable with any type of nutrition at that point. So I didn't really bring anything. And after my bike, like I was already hungry and like tired and exhausted. And I was going on my run and I was like, oh my God, like I need something. So I was just running through like some foresty area. And there was like these distinct like plants that I recognized as a child. And I knew that they had this like soury taste to them. And I just needed anything at that point. So I'm like, okay, this should be fairly safe. So I just, I tried it out. It helped me for that run specifically because it gave me a little bit of energy. But I think that was the, the, the strain that, that broke me. And, uh, but yeah, my, my family to this day thinks that it was probably from some sort of like algae poisoning from like Cherry Beach. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it was uh, probably due to my own stupidity. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, we'll 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 say it was something. No, we'll say it was something else. No, not yeah, your own yeah, stupidity. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no one needs to know. <laughs> yeah, pretty okay. Forward, but so, oh, that. Well, we all do, eh? Oh boy. Yeah. So I'll t- okay, and I have to say too. I know I just blamed um like peanut butter that I got in like the London drugs or not. Sorry, not London drugs. CVS at and in in San Francisco. That was probably not it either. We also the day before, and this was like probably the worst thing you could have had we had burritos that okay. were filled but they were like it was like a like a fusiony kind of burrito mm. so that it was like a korean spicy tater tot filled burrito okay. and not something we'd ever had before a run but the right. lunch before the san francisco marathon my wife and i decide there's carbs in that <laughs> sure so we downed them and uh yeah i can blame the the, the peanut butter but again probably right. my own stupidity there yeah it's funny how we operate sometimes <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> so okay so going back to the, t- to the ttc challenge everything's going smoothly you know the, there's there's your 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 food and your wrap which is amazing by the way mm-hmm. that you're eating wraps all, along the way yeah um i always think ultra runners and trail runners the amount of fuel they can down that's mm. incredible to see like sometimes oh, you'll see um aid station set up with just bowls of like pretzels gummy bears coke uh wraps yeah. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches everything and mm-hmm. they they need it they need that that fuel it's amazing to see yeah you got to stay on top of your nutrition game uh, like almost like forcing yourself to take it if, yeah. if you're doing an ultra marathon if you wait until you're hungry it's kind of late same yep. with uh, hydration. You got to take that way in advance. So I, I, I had like a schedule. I knew like every hour or every like 45 minutes or so I should be eating like something like 75 calories worth of something. Sure. And um, yeah, I think the, the, the main point was like keeping your heart rate low just so that you're giving your entire body enough uh, blood flow to like digest that food without right. causing any problems elsewhere. Right. And yeah, I managed to do that. Right. Luckily. Was, you mentioned the Barkley marathon a while back. I know we're jumping all over the place, but you mentioned yeah. Barkley a while back. Yeah. There was a scene in one of those Barkley um, documentaries where Gary Robbins, the Vancouver based runner, he's like, he's eating some pasta or it's like knocky and he's just trying to down it and force feed himself. Mm. And then once it's like just too dry for him. So he takes a bottle of ketchup, squeezes it into his mouth oh. and he's just like, yep. And that, that was what he wanted at the time. Oh man. Yeah. I Barkley's marathons is is incredible. I don't know how those people do it because no. it's at that point, it's not even about nutrition. It's more about no. like sleep deprivation and yeah. 
the amount of like things that are going through your mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you, so. if any, if anyone's listening, who doesn't know about that, the Barkley marathons are a trail race. Um, that is more like a survival race, if you will. <laughs> and it's put on by this guy named Laz. And uh, he basically makes it tougher every time there is a finisher so that it gets even more tough for the next crop of runners. And I believe there's a handful of runners who have even finished this thing. Um, and uh, there's two documentaries that you can check out. It, one is um, uh, the Barkley Marathons, The Race That Eats Its Young. And the other one is um, by... Um, by uh, Ethan Newberry. He goes by the ginger runner on YouTube and he made a documentary of a Vancouver runner named Gary Robbins who tried to finish the Barkley marathons many times. And that's called where dreams go to die. And uh, we actually went to the premiere of that marathon. Uh, my wife oh. and I, uh, in Toronto uh, and we met uh, Gary and, uh, and uh, Ethan Newberry there and Gary Robbins had brought these um, kind of souvenirs from the Barclays. So we had his book pages and he had oh, these different wow. things there. And the, 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 the thing that stuck with me, I remember was the titles of the books that, uh, that Laz, the race director yeah. had chosen were just these sadistic names of, yep. t- of, of, of books that when you reach the book and the idea is it's almost like a scavenger hunt to listeners where you grab a page and that proves that you've finished this one leg and the titles of the books are like, um, thirst or like, or like, uh, are you stupid I, enough I need, or something? Yeah, are you stupid enough or something ridiculous like that? <laughs> yeah, he just makes fun of you for yeah. like signing up and doing what you're doing. Yeah, but. yeah. But we could, I mean, there's so much more to it. Check out the documentaries. You will not be um, sorry about it. Yeah. So anyway, so you're going through all of this. Um, you're going through your TTC challenge. Nutrition's going well. Hydration's going well. At any point and at what point did it start to get really tough? And did you start to think, ooh, I don't know about this. Yeah. So the first 50 kilometers or, uh, or 45 kilometers I was with Kyle. Uh, and at that point he dropped off. That was the entire yellow line. So he, right. he did that whole yellow line with me. So kudos to that guy. But at that point he dropped off. Um, he's had enough right. and it, then it just became, uh, me on my own and my will to get myself to the next checkpoint and meet Brian at McAllen station which was probably another 17 kilometers uh, away. So I would say the first 50 kilometers of this entire journey felt effortless. I, I didn't even feel like I ran much. And this, like, mind you, this is already like four and a half hours in, but it went by as quickly as like 30 minutes in my head. Like everything was like going really well. Um, but yeah, once Kyle departed and I was running by myself, especially the shepherd line, and most especially the, the the part that was almost that extra chunk that got me from the shepherd line all the way to the, the blue line. Um, that was the most difficult one because I was also not uh, really uh, familiar with the territory that I was running in. Sure. And I didn't really know how much further I needed to run. Like I, I had like maybe rough figures in my head, but at that point you start losing sanity and you sure. just kind of like put one foot in front of the other. So at that point, it became very difficult, like from those 50 or 55 kilometers to like 67. Um, and then I met Brian at 67 and he sort of got me through uh, the last 30K or so home. And I, I definitely got a boost of energy, like seeing Brian and I'm so happy to have him there. I had like another type A thing about me is like I had the map printed off with all the stations and all like point by point instructions or like more of like directional, uh, right. like visuals on the map, uh, just that I wouldn't get lost. Cause once again, like I'm not really familiar with that side, sure. maybe on the yellow line I am, cause it's just like running up young or running down university, but, uh, in those parts of town I wasn't. Yeah. And yeah, I just handed the map off to Brian. I'm like, Hey, listen, you're going to have to direct me. Cause I'm, I'm just going to be running. <laughs> and, uh, he's your uh, Google yeah. maps at that point. Eh? Basically. And yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And, we just like hammered the the rest of the way home. And I, I distinctly remember like the last, like, yeah, 25 kilometers being absolutely brutal. I uh, gave it my all. I guess the best way I can describe it is the last like 10 K of a marathon, how everyone says like, Oh, it's like after that wall. And uh, you feel like you've got nothing, but you, you have to find the heart and just stay with it. Well, I had to do that for the last 30 kilometers. 
and it's, it was yeah it was uh extremely like painful and just a true like game of survival at that point but yeah, yeah brian implored some uh really good strategies to keep me in by like telling me stories and good. telling me about like how the city's construction is designed and how there's like these like blocks of like two kilometer by two kilometer sections so it's like okay well we're almost at this road or we're almost at that stop so yeah it just kept me distracted and um the, the time went by much quicker that way yeah you're almost getting like a like a lesson in, in like city planning and stuff too almost as, as you're going through yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> i i yeah i tried to keep my wits about me so like, maybe i heard 50 percent of that information that came right. out of his mouth <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was certainly helpful because otherwise, um, I definitely thought about stopping like multiple times, but I'd never had to, which yeah. was a very like proud moment. Yeah. And was that more of an internal kind of pride motivation or by that point where you kind of just on autopilot, you were just like, nope, go, go, go one foot in front of the other. Um, I had, uh, like desires of going all the way without really needing to stop and and we really did that like the only times we needed to stop was when we met my wife a couple of times to sure. replenish my waters but yeah i basically kept going the whole way like never really stopped never walked uh in in in, in stark contrast to the grand canyon trip because there i was like power hiking a lot sure. and not running most but yeah here it was it was on pavement there was hardly much elevation change as well so yeah most of the time i was like clocking those like five ten kilometers um, and then like stopping once or twice to like refuel and whatever. Wow. wow. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, yeah, if thanks. I didn't say it before, that's amazing. <laughs> that's yeah. just incredible. So 96 kilometers. Uh, what was yeah. the time? Uh, just under nine hours. It was like eight wow. fifty nine. Like we made it within seconds. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have to ask, cause when I saw on your Strava 96 kilometers and you had finished this amazing challenge, did you ever think of just adding on those extra four kilometers to hit a hundred. <laughs> oh man. I, I told myself at the very beginning, cause I knew it was going to be close. Like once I yeah. drafted out the map, like it was almost a hundred kilometers on the dot, like a hundred point. Oh, and I knew it was gonna be close. And I said that, okay, if it's, if I'm within like a kilometer and a half, right. I'm going to do it. Right. But right. I was within four kilometers. I'm like, okay, you know what? No, I'm not putting right. myself through another, cause another four kilometers would have probably put me sure. in a, <laughs> a, right. a hospital bed <laughs> but yeah no i i that was not the challenge like my, my yeah. challenge was just to do the tpc and that was enough for me on the day yeah and i you know what and i very much respect that because there's <laughs> there there is there is you know there's motivation and pride and all of that but when you set a challenge and you complete the challenge that's pride you're proud yeah. of yourself and you did it and to yeah. tack on that little bit just hit the number <laughs> Yeah. which is really just the number, right? Yeah. You don't yeah. need it because yeah. could you have? Yeah, probably, right? Did you yeah. need to at that time? No, you did your yeah. challenge and that was what you had set out to do. And, yeah, and I, I, I knew that was going to be like the way I was going to think about it as well because yeah. um, like I'll, I'll hopefully get out of my way to do a 100K sure. like on trail race in the future. So it'll, it'll come like eventually. I'm not like scratching at it, right. but yeah, challenge right. was done. Right. That's amazing. Challenge done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So, okay. So now I got to ask, do you have any, I think you mentioned it before. Do you have any ideas or inklings of plans for your next challenge? Yeah. I was, I was thinking about this like, um, a couple of weeks back, but I would, I would love to do something like I love challenging myself in like all these unique and different ways. And I think a lot of runners like also get like pigeonholed into like just doing races. Yeah. Uh, and like, mostly road races like they don't like to maybe step outside of their comfort zones and like maybe do a trail race or like maybe do something else like that's cool or create like their own challenge and i think it's it's fun to do that because it's keeps the training going and keeps your motivations high and all of that and it's just super rewarding to like be able to say like oh i did this like really cool thing yeah. that not a lot of people not a lot of other people did so yeah i guess going off of that i would love to eventually do like the the CN Tower climb. Yep. yep. I, I've never done that before. And I know a lot of people have. I think the record for that is uh, 12 minutes. I might be wrong on that. Don't quote me. But it's it's something really fast. But yeah. I, 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 I'm genuinely curious how a marathoner would fare in a challenge like that. Sure. Sure. So that, would be, that would be awesome. Wow. There you yeah. go. <laughs> there you go. I feel like, 
I feel like we need to rename the TTC challenge to like the Kudalenko challenge or something. And <laughs> well, just have like, you know how Disney does like the dopey <laughs> challenge and everything. So you can do the regular Canadian running series kind of TTC <laughs> challenge, or you can do the Kudalenko challenge and do it all in one day. Dude, they should do that. I don't know why they don't already right. do that and just reward people with like a, a different uh, monocle or, or something, something cooler, like a, 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 a medal of your face. Because <laughs> you did it first, so it has oh to be. man, yeah, that that would be awesome. I I honestly think they should definitely like include that as an option. Yeah, and yeah, like motivate people even more to do something like as fun as that because it it was fun. Like I yeah. I would say, well, the first sixty kilometers, was so <laughs> right? <laughs> and then yeah, I got a little, very painful. <laughs> you know what though? I I spoke to um Aaron Eastman on uh, my first episode and. She had done, she, she loves to make up these other, these different challenges for herself as well. Um, she did a naked race, you know, in the middle of a marathon cycle, oh my. she went through, um, trying to do like a solo marathon, like around the same loop, like 400 times or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. And I asked her why she does these challenges and why she, she, she kind of looked for these different ways to do these things. And she said, cause it's fun. Right, and I feel like that's a part of the running that we kind of get, that kind of gets away from us sometimes. Yeah. You get the training. There's the grind. There's the work hard at it and everything, but you also have to remember that it is supposed to be fun. So you're right. When you can challenge yourself to do something that not many people could do, yeah. To see if you can do it, it's not like it shouldn't be like a pressure filled situation. Yeah. You know? It should be like a yeah. Let's do this. Let's meet up with some friends. Let's see if I can. And there's your motivation right there. It's come from within and you've made it something fun. And I really like that. Well, it's also funny that we spend so much time to try to improve our PBs and records, like spend 12, 16 weeks just to increase our personal best time in like by a minute or right. like 30 seconds, whatever it is. And it's, it's crazy. It's, but we all do it. Like I do it myself as well. And I'm like hooked on, you know, improving my times, but it's like so much effort goes into doing like this one, like small thing of improvement. Whereas you can take that same amount of effort and do something enormously crazy, like this hundred K or something else that, you know, you might find fun. Yeah. Like another, like before the hundred K I was talking to my friends of like doing something similar, but for example, running from Toronto to St. Catharines as well. And I thought that that would be like a really cool map as well. Right. Uh, yeah, like I'm a big map nerd and like, I love like seeing, right. I love seeing like that TTC route, <laughs> Right. but right. yeah, just as, just as equally cool would have been. Yeah. A, a trip from Toronto to St. Catharines. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe so do it. So next will be the CN tower and then, then follow it <laughs> Toronto to St. Catharines. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. My wife says I need to rethink my priorities in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, man. Yeah. yeah. So, sometimes. so then aside from your challenges, uh, do you have any races coming up as well? Yeah. I'm, I'm training for the chili half that's okay. coming up. It's like four weeks from oh gosh, yeah. last Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do that yeah. and then I'll, I'll see how that goes. That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds good. Chili, chili is always a good one. It's kind of the, I guess the, I always think of it as a kind of the start of the spring kind of season and hopefully right. the weather starts to turn a little bit. We start to get a little bit warmer, but mm -hmm. that sounds like a good, uh, good starting point. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Alex, we are almost finished, buddy. Um, we'll do my kick to the finish, which is a little bit of word association. Uh, okay. I'll say something. You tell me what you think of. doesn't have to be the first thing that comes to mind, but, um, the, the thing that comes to your mind and, and if you need a little bit of time, take it. Okay. All right. What is your dream race? Ooh, that one's easy. Uh, UTMB. Okay. Uh, wow. You, you, you know of it, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah I do. I, I've, I've been fantasizing about doing UTMB for like so many years. Right. Um, and yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, it's an 171-kilometer looped course that spans three different countries, Italy, Switzerland, and France. And it's just magnificent. I think total elevation change is like roughly equivalent to like going up Mount Everest, if yeah. not twice yeah, or I something like twice. that. Yeah. But yeah, it's overnight, just so picturesque, so beautiful. Um, yeah, going back to the maps, like I would love to have a map like that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very picturesque. Anytime yeah. you see something like that with shots or or drone footage or whatever, it's incredible to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, your favorite shoe. Favorite shoe. Oh, that's an interesting one. 
Uh, probably the Vaporfly, the first yeah. edition. Yeah. yeah. Was was that what you wore on your TTC challenge? No, definitely not. I was going to say. Like, sprained my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, need, I needed something that was just like an easy day shoe. Okay. Um, I think I chose the Hoka Mach 5s. Oh, love those. Just, yeah. Yeah, they're they're not bad. And they did the job, like never bothered me once. Oh yeah, no no carbon plate or anything and minimum like stack height because I my legs would have been like toast running right. in like something as squishy as the vapor flies. Right, right, right. I, I've seen there were um a lot of trail runners, they'll take a trail shoe, obviously. And then there was one, I think it was Camille Heron or someone who started to take the vapor fly on trail runs and ultra runs. Oh, and God. people were saying she was nuts. But but she was doing well, and I thought <laughs> I I don't know how long she'll do well for it or how long she keeps something like that up. Oh god! But uh, I mean, if it works for her, I've I've got PTSD go. from like rolling ankles. I I rolled it. Sure. I rolled my left ankle last year and re-rolled yeah. it again this year, and it's just been bothering me. And I it's I've never been the same since. So yeah, I can't I can't envision myself doing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. No. Let's stick with what works. And then we'll... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. If you could uh, run with anyone in history or someone around today, who would it be? Oh, man, that's a challenging one. Um, hmm. I want to give a good answer. I, like <laughs> I said, I, I, I follow a lot of like American distance running. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be awesome to run like with the likes of like Ryan Hall or oh, yeah. even like someone Canadian like Rory Linkletter, for example. Um, already did Ben Flanagan like Ben Flanagan came out once to like join yeah. us on a run club so that was like super awesome but yeah just like listening to those guys and like how they train and like I would, I would love that yeah. yeah yeah and Ryan Hall has just transformed himself eh he's, yeah. he's gone from like a like the, the like a lean miler almost and he's just like a jacked bodybuilder looking guy now and he's just like <laughs> thrown himself into he's he's he's, he's someone who strikes me as someone who just throws himself into whatever he does a hundred percent. Right. And whether yeah. it's like weight training or strength training or whatever, it's like a hundred percent and go. Oh and yeah. And it's incredible he, to see. Like his way of training as well is like running on the knife's edge. Like he doesn't go easy. And I know a lot of coaches like stress recovery and making sure like you're a hundred percent and like not overtrain. But I think the way Ryan trains his athletes and the way that he was training is like like right at that line where right. you're about to like really screw yourself up or right. about to hit like the best you've ever done. And Interesting. Uh, yeah, that, that really like excites me as well. Like, I think I have like a very, a similar mentality, like maybe not sure. as um, outlandish, but right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Very interesting. Uh, what is your favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie. Oh man. Um, try to catch me. <laughs> or, oh, or catch me if you can catch, catch me if, if you can, can? yeah yeah, yeah sorry, Leonardo Di DiCaprio yeah 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 right <laughs> that one's very fun <laughs> yeah anytime that one's like comes on tv or something I find myself sitting down to watch it as well yeah yeah, yeah uh, very well good. very well acted out yeah I like that one too uh based on a true story too yeah right yeah 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 very interesting uh what is your go-to pump-up song go-to pump up I, I i'm not good at music i just usually put on like a, a den dance mix or like some yep. sort of like edm mix and like that really gets me going yeah um but or yeah, you get like... or you get brian's stories in your head and then you just... <laughs> no brian's stories are boring i don't want to listen to that. <laughs> no but yeah something to pump me up <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> and then if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice what would it be oh man that one's easy like just never to set limits for yourself. I think it's it's so applicable to not just running but life in general as well. I always thought that like maybe I'm not good enough as a runner or not good enough as a professional and that a lot of people are like born into it with like a lot of talent or whatever. But I think if you work really hard for it and really strive for it and truly believe in that in the fact that you can accomplish something, I think you definitely can. And um yeah, just like never set limits for yourself because you'll you'll be surprised with how much like you can achieve. And take it from me, I honestly truly did not know if I could do that hundred kilometer TZ challenge, but somehow it ended up happening to my own surprise and almost increased the bar that I have for myself. So do something like that for yourself, and um, yeah, you'll you'll really surprise yourself. I think that's amazing, buddy. 
Amazing, yeah. Alex. Yeah. Alex Kudalenko, uh, Toronto man who ran the TTC, <laughs> uh, but also an amazing person, uh, someone who's got just a wealth of knowledge and advice. Can't thank you enough for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, this is fun. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. All right. Good luck at Chile, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Alex today. Every time I finish an episode, I kind of get the same feeling. I wish I could chat more with this guest. And Alex is no exception. I feel like I could have chatted with him for another hour at least about so many different topics. I think Alex said it perfectly today when he said, don't set limits for yourself. If you do, you'll never know your true potential. And your goal may not be to run the entire TTC line, or it may not be to even run a marathon. But if you do have a goal, set it, go for it, and you can accomplish it. And if you happen to fall short, that's okay. At least you've made progress. Remember, we always try and say progress, not perfection. And if all you've made today is progress, then you're taking steps in the right direction. I want to say thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in today. If you're able, like and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're using. It really helps the channel out. And I hope to see you in the next episode. As always, this is Jonathan Yu saying, have a wonderful day.